thanks to our sponsor, Raygun. Are you under increasing pressure to ship code faster than ever before? Then it's time to work smarter with Raygun's modern approach to error and performance monitoring. Raygun gives you instant visibility into the health of your software. And what makes it so unique is that not only does it tell you when something's gone wrong, it shows you exactly where it's gone wrong and how to fix it, right down to the line of code. Made by developers for developers, Raygun has built a suite of monitoring tools that are used and loved by thousands of software teams every single day. Monitor every corner of your tech stack with widespread language support and native integrations with GitHub, Jira, Slack, Bitbucket, Octopus Deploy, and more for even greater visibility. Visit raygun.com to resolve issues faster and to deliver flawless digital experiences for your users. That's raygun.com to get started on your free 14-day trial with plans starting from as little as $4 a month. This is the Microsoft Cloud Show, episode 446. Today, we're going to talk about Microsoft trying to make nice with the FTC and teams saving the planet. Recorded live February 10th, 2022. This episode is brought to you by Orchestry. Don't be fooled. Microsoft Teams and SharePoint are difficult. Microsoft Teams, when simply turned on, can be unruly and yield endless sprawl. SharePoint causes constant frustration with user interface and permissioning challenges. End the chaos and harness the full power of Microsoft Teams, SharePoint Online, and Microsoft 365 with Orchestry. Orchestry is the work-made simple platform that empowers end users through controlled self-service provisioning while delivering the actionable insights and lifecycle management your IT administrators need to enable remote and hybrid work productivity without locking down the powerful capabilities of Microsoft Teams and SharePoint Online. See why so many are claiming Orchestry to be the must-have Microsoft Teams management tool of 2021. Get your free access to Orchestry with full featured trial at orchestry.com and tell them the Microsoft Cloud Show sent you to get the all the friends of the show perks. Back to the show. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing just fine. I'm curious to hear how Teams is saving the planet. <laughs> it's a little... A little... Uh bit of puffery, I suppose. <laughs> a little clickbaity. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of clickbaity. How are you doing anyway? What's going on in your world? You know, same old, same old, just working away. I, you know, I think I mentioned in the last episode, I launched, I did a relaunch of my uh, my personal site theme. And my main motivation with that, I had two. One was to fix a bunch of SEO issues from when the last time I redid a theme on my site. I didn't pay attention to that stuff. I didn't think it was all that important. I thought content was king, which there's two schools of thought. Either you focus on content and say, screw SEO and just fo- and just let Google figure it out. But then there's another school of thought, which is, no, if you really focus on SEO, it can also make up for deficiencies yeah. in the content or you do both. And right. I'm now more on the camp of do both. Well, I launched my... Uh, when I launched the theme, I have a service that I use that scans my site, like crawls everything and looks at like SEO issues and I posted something on Twitter this morning. And um, effectively, I went from, I reduced, I haven't even done my percentages yet. I reduced over 1,600 errors over uh, in one week down to wow. just over 100. And I reduced over 3,700 warnings, which cut my warnings in half. Wow, nice. Yeah. So that was, um, means like Google's like going, eh, so you actually give a damn. Yeah. Impressive. That's, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of SEO, quick shout out to old SharePoint 
ecosystem friend, Nick, who runs seotesting.com. Yep. Have you seen his new product? I have. It's very cool to see someone completely change like what their focus was. Yeah. And yeah. I've watched some of his videos. I definitely looked at some of the stuff. It's interesting. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's interesting. You know, yeah. you, you, you have a friend's tool that you're like, you want to go try it out, but I don't want to try mm-hmm. it out and stop using it and make him think that like, oh, he doesn't like it. I'm like, no, I have something I'm using right now, but I don't really have the bandwidth to try and figure something out new right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've been, I've been watching what he's up to and it's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. He, he was so one of the co-founders of Lightning Tools mm-hmm. and then left some number of years back. I can't remember, but it's been a while now. And, uh, he's worked on a couple of things in that time, I think, but now is building seotesting.com, which is essentially my understanding is like telling you, it's like AB testing for content to fix SEO issues in your content inside. Yeah. Being able to I'm, understand the implications of content changes and what impacts they have on your SEO rankings. Yeah. There's a, there's an aspect to his, his tool that I really like that I don't have, which is you can make a bunch of changes, but you can put like a marker of like, like a drop in the timeline of like, this is when I made these changes. So you can see what was the result of, you know, what was the result of uh, of this since I made this change? Whereas for me, it's like, I make those changes and I can see when that change happened in GitHub from the commits, but I don't have like the chart that shows like, how's your domain rank going? What's the keyword? You know, how are you ranking for these keywords? I don't see that kind of change. So he, it's a cool tool to merge it together. So I, I, yeah, it's yeah. been fun to watch it. Yeah, for sure. And he's doing quite a lot of it. And so he's solopreneuring it at the moment, I think. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he's got one helper or somebody who's helping him. But um, he's kind of running the business in the open, right? So he's pretty open about his monthly reoccurring revenue. And he blogs about how the business is going and what's gone well and what's not. And it's kind of cool. It's very it's kind cool. Kind of cool to follow along. Take some guts to do that. I think. I mean, it's, sure. I love- I sure. love to do that and I learn a lot from it, but I don't have the guts to do it yet. <laughs> yeah, I, just I, know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Cool. So how about, um, how about you? What you been up to? Uh, yeah, well, quite a lot. It's actually been a really, really busy period work-wise, but on a slightly different tact, I got a new uh, joystick for my simulator, which is very exciting for those flight enthusiasts out there. Mm. And it was kind of one of those, it's the first product I've bought from a from this company and you know, some companies' websites you go to and you're like, I'm not entirely sure if I'm going to get completely scammed. <laughs> Have you ever had that? Yep. And I I ordered this product. They're not cheap, right? It's a few hundred bucks. And you go to the website and it's like, I'm not sure if this is for real or not. But anyway, I trusted the intertubes from other mm. people who have sort of said, it's one of, those, one of those things where you're not even sure if you're on the right site. Mm. You know, you're not sure if it's like the official place to go. Anyway, it is. Right. So I ordered it from there and uh, it shipped reasonably quickly. And then and then it arrived and it's in two boxes. And the boxes look like, oh God, I've just got a box of bits of lead, haven't I? Like it's mm-hmm. like the packaging is almost non-existent, right? It's just Ooh. a brown paper box with some foam in there and the product in the middle of it. And it's mm. like, you know, it's like, wow, okay, they put all their R&D effort into the actual product and nothing into packaging. I'm okay with that so long as it actually does what it says it's going to do. Yeah. But yeah, it just looks like it's fallen off the back of a truck and looks super dodgy, but the product is actually really good. (laughs) (laughs) But they've just put no effort into marketing, no effort into product packaging, none of it. And it just and the site looks totally sketchy. (laughs) So what you're saying is it sounds like we've got some flight sim geeks who are also 
hardware geeks that made the whole thing and said, we don't need to hire anybody to do this other stuff. We can totally do this on our own. It turns out they've been in the business for years. Oh, well, they, but they um, could still be doing, it could still be the same. I could, could still be, could be right. <laughs> could be. They've got a lot of products and they actually, you know, they review really well, a great build quality and they've done a really good job of it. But just everything about it, it's like, oh God, I hope this is for real. <laughs> you got to drop a link to it in, the, in, the, in our chat so I can, I can go take yeah. a look at this, get yeah. some context. Okay, I will. Yes. I will. That's pretty entertaining. All right, moving right along. We've got some news to get through this week. We're going to talk about Microsoft making good, make, trying, to, trying to not fall into the bad books with the FTC around their new acquisition. We've got some how teams are saving the planet, puffery, and some graph and office news. So why don't we dive in and get into it? Sounds good. This episode is sponsored by ShareGate. Microsoft Teams can be a great tool for your organization. That is, before your users make your environment messier than eating a hard shell taco. And that's where ShareGate comes in. Their user-friendly tools automate the tedious daily tasks involved in migrating, managing, and securing Microsoft Teams so that you can maintain a safe and productive environment without locking it down. Head over to ShareGate.com for your free 30-day trial and transform the way that you manage your Microsoft Teams. And we're back. Okay, I see. You might have heard Microsoft are trying to buy a big company for $68.7 billion. Oh my God, no. When did that happen? Um, a, a few times in the last week. But oh. the latest one is Activision <laughs> Blizzard, of course. So that's the big one on the, current, on the current plans. And when these announcements get announced, they're not that the deal is done in most cases. Right. They're that they're intending on purchasing, right? And then they got to jump through all these regulatory hoops. So Microsoft are jumping through some hoops. And the big hoop in the US is for, for a deal like this is the Federal Trade Commission to basically approve the deal so that they don't end up creating a emerged company that is detrimental to consumers, like maybe creating a monopoly, things like that, right? That can impact consumers really negatively. And so FTC is... The body in the US that this has got to go through. And there's other ones around the world, like in Europe and things like that. And so there have been a few people speculating that this is going to be kind of a hard one to get past the FTC. And so Microsoft have gone on the preemptive offense to try and stave off any regulatory attention on this by coming out with a set of principles around their app store and how they intend to run their app store, which is seen by everybody in the press as you're trying to be, you know, you're trying to bring the teacher an apple before she gives you an F, you know? <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, so they're trying to be like, oh, look, we're going to be good. We promise. Here are our principles around being not being anti-competitive in the app store market now that we now that we want to own this huge part of the gaming and entertainment space. This sounds like right before I go in to get another like cholesterol test that like the week before I stop drinking, I eat like just lean chicken. I don't go to Chick-fil-A and I don't <laughs> like have any beers. That's going to make a like difference. <laughs> exactly yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like going outside and smoking and then, you know, scoffing a whole box of mints to try and cover it up. <laughs> uh, classic. Anyway, yeah. so, you know, historically, Microsoft's been in the hot water with the DOJ in the past for, for leveraging their natural monopoly with Windows. Was it late 90s or something like that? And, you know, they got slapped pretty hard with that stuff and they learned a few lessons. And so this time they are, uh, you know, making sure they do whatever they can to appear as as the good company that will make this acquisition work 
well for consumers. Yeah. You know, it can't hurt. It can't hurt. So, I mean, it's nice to see that they're that they're doing it. We'll see what kind of a see if it has any kind of an impact or, you know, they get through the regulatory uh, stuff of this acquisition. It still has been really interesting to watch all this, to watch this unfold. Yeah. All these gaming acquisitions this past year or so. Past year, sorry. This past six weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been busy. Yeah. So, what do you we'll got see. for us? Let's go teeny. And I've got, uh, I got two articles here related to Microsoft Teams. One of them is just what's new in Microsoft Teams. So we've got things like meetings. We finally have a button where we can do press to unmute. Uh, we've had that in, God, we've had that in Zoom for almost a, over a year, if not a year yep. and a half. Finally, yep. we get that. That's nice. There's a music mode in Teams. There's custom backgrounds from the, that we can have on the web. There's mirroring your video. So, you know, Whenever you look at your video, you ever done that and kind of flip? It's it's funny. This is like yeah, this update is almost weird. like yeah. Th- this update feels a lot like um. Hey, we're like Zoom. We're, <laughs> we're getting all the features that Zoom's had for a long time, at least in the video side. There's yeah. a bunch of hardware stuff that's there. There's some stuff around devices that are in this update. Let's see what else do I have? Yeah, sending your video to an external hardware device. Mm-hmm. There's some push to talk stuff. stuff. Yep. There's a bunch of management stuff that's in here as well. And there's some stuff about uh, government teams as well. So that's that's some just like what's new for teams. If you're interested, go uh, check out the blog post that we have listed in the show notes. I've got another Teams link here as well, which is um, Microsoft Teams performance improvements are reducing power consumption in meetings by 50%. So they talk this was, about... This was my puffery about saving the planet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is... You know, there's the things about like that they've done about, you know, making rendering a lot nicer. Although, you know, I shouldn't say although I, I said I was going to say, although my but my laptop fan is all of a sudden spiking. But I think we're doing this through Zoom or I know we're doing this through Zoom. So that's not yeah. really applicable. But anyway, Teams has been a shocker for that, though. Like yeah. the Teams clients, I think it's fair to say everybody thinks they're a dog, right? Yeah. Everybody's fans are spinning. Everybody's usage is up. Memories through the roof, like they are performance hungry. Well, what's been interesting about it too is that the team clients, I've been hearing from Microsoft now for about a year and a half that they're going to get this huge revamp. Like there's a new React version of Teams that's yep. coming instead of it being based on Angular and Electron. And there's this coming and it's like... React Native, I think, yeah. I mean, this feels like a lot like, you know, winter is coming, like, but it never comes. <laughs> you know, it's or that, you know, it feels like that something... You know, there's some epic thing that's coming down the pipe, and it's like, I feel like I'm waiting for like you know Gmail to come out of beta with this with with this <laughs> announcement. So it's just it's just taking forever. Yeah, I agree. I think we've been talking about or the rumor around React Native and a new non-electron based client has been around for what like a year almost, something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I get it; it would be a big undertaking, but um, yeah, we have yet to I see anything tangible from it yet. From yeah, what I can it, tell. It doesn't. Yeah. So, but so this article does talk a lot about some of the changes they made. And a lot of it mm-hmm. of the changes that they've made has a lot to do with has a lot to do with video, really. It's all about, you know, yeah. being able to smartly leverage the GPU or just doing direct render on the screen instead of going through some web layer. There's also a bunch of optimization for video previews and video calls and stuff. So mm-hmm. they've done a lot of stuff to try and, you know, video is very expensive when it comes to processing, which, you know, causes the fans to go and causes the CPU and the the GPUs to spike. So they've done a lot of work here. And it's where the chart that we have in this 
in the blog post they published is back in June of 2020, where they say percent of power consumption compared to the baseline. So if that was at 100%, they've now had about a 52% reduction in power consumption in about 18 months. So, I mean, I don't know how you want to slice that, but to me, that looks pretty darn impressive. It depends where the baseline is. Well, that's right, the thing. Yes. Well, the base, the they say the best good. line. Yeah. The improvement is good. But, you know, if you were having to club baby seals and put them into your laptop to power teams back in June 2020, then having to only club one baby seal now, is that really a lot better? So <laughs> what you're saying is like the art, when I said earlier that, hey, I, uh, I reduced my SEO problem warnings by 3,700, you're like, that's impressive going, yeah, yeah. now I'm down to 3,400. Like, that's right. Oh, you're, you're coming from a pig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, they, they have made great improvements. Like 52% of less power is, of course, a good thing. But, you know, they're obviously coming off a pretty bad place previously. Yeah. So they've got a long way to go, I guess. And they're going to have to go to things like this new client and to really, I'm, I'm imagining all of these things are wrapped up, like the performance, the power costs, mm. the speed of, and rendering and all of that is all wrapped into needing to make a big change in the clients to, uh, mm-hmm. to get it done. So we'll see. Hopefully yeah. they'll have some news about this at some stage in the next wee while. Yeah. How about you? What you got for us? I've got a pretty random one. Office is making it harder for you to run macros for things that you've downloaded. So macros can do all sorts of gnarly stuff and you can embed them in Office documents, right? The classic one is Excel, right? Mm-hmm. Where you, know, you always get that little thing like enable macros or what have you. Microsoft are making it more difficult to do that, to run your macros when you download that content from somewhere. So instead of now you know, being able to enable those, they'll be blocked by default. VBA macros I'm talking about here, not Office add-ins that you know, you've downloaded from the store or whatnot, because those, you know, those are safer and more sandboxed and all that sort of stuff. But VBA macros that are embedded in the document. So now you'll you'll have a big, nice red banner saying security risk. Microsoft has blocked macros from running because the source of this file is untrusted mm. with a learn more button. So basically, basically what this says to me is there is still a large attack vector in malware and like ransomware attacks that are being made through Office and macros, just given the insecure nature or uh, lack of security around them that makes them a nice attack vector, right? Because people can email these documents around to others. People open the documents and run the macros or whatever, and boom, you know, you're running around the running around the hen house, taking whatever you want. So mm-hmm. this is yet another step to making it harder for these malware makers to uh, to get into your stuff. I don't know about you. I don't download a lot of documents with macros in them, but I just thought it was an interesting change. And, you know, like I said, it just points to this being a big vector that people still get attacked using. And so they've got to do something about it. You know, it's surprising to me how many people fall victim to this stuff. As long as this has been going on in terms of like people using macros, people using phishing techniques to be able to to compromise people. It's amazing to me that people get compromised for this by this stuff, but it's... And then it's been going on this long. Even if I try to separate myself from the fact that we're in this, you know, tech space, and so I feel like you know we we feel like we know better. But looking at other people going, I feel like you should know better. 
you know, I watch people get compromised with this stuff and it, it is surprising how often this really does happen. Yeah. And I think it's just because there's such a little cost to making an attempt for this. And all you got to do is hook one or two fish out of, you know, tens of thousands that you're reaching out to. And that's a, you just got to play the odds and it, or play the numbers and it's, it works out for them. So I don't blame it. I mean, I, I, yeah. I'm glad to see that Microsoft is, is working more at the source to try and block it off instead of just trying to educate people. So, yeah. Uh, I've got another pretty random one here just to sort of round things out. It's a Devi, more of a Devi thing for people in the graph. It's about large file uploads, but more important than the actual content itself, I just wanted to point out that Graph are doing a pretty good job of posting blog content. Microsoft Graph team are doing a pretty good job of posting developer-related blog content up on their blog. If you haven't gone and found it yet, go to graph.microsoft.com. And then in the resources menu at the top, you can find a link to the blog. But Brian Jacket has done a blog about using large file upload tasks with the Microsoft Graph SDK. But they do the series called the Microsoft Graph Mailbag, right? And so it's sort of dev-type topics that are blogged about. And some of them are quite interesting. So whether you find them, you know, whether you find a particular one interesting or not is besides the point. But they, my point is that they're doing some quite nice... Uh, you know, blog content on different dev topics if you're into graph development. I bring this up because I've, I've been tinkering with some graph development over the last couple of weeks, just in the evenings, you know, playing around with the new SDKs and seeing it's been a while since I've tinkered with it. So I've been trying to build some stuff and uh, and play around with it. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm re rediscovering some of the sort of some of the sort of content. Another thing, actually, that I found the other day that I thought was really interesting is JetBrains Rider. So if you think about Visual Studio Code is to Visual Studio, as a .NET developer, Visual Studio Code, I still find not that good. Like okay. it's, it's still quite a step down for me from Visual Studio in terms of functionality that right. it offers you as a .NET developer. But JetBrains Rider is kind of everything you want from Visual Studio, but without the long load times. <laughs> Heavy performance hit and baggage. It's oh. pretty awesome. <laughs> um, so I've been trying Rider as a new IDE for it's sort of a cross between it's got all the good stuff for C sharp and .NET development out of Visual Studio, but with the sort of the benefits and beauty of VS Code. Sort of a cross between the two. It's like if you had ReSharper in VS Code for .NET development. Interesting. You know, so for refactoring and debugging and things like that. It's got, it's really quite good. I took um, a look at it when it first came out and I mean, it definitely felt like it was much more of a, of a .NET tool. It's um, definitely a .NET tool. From, I guess, from, yeah. They least. pitch it as the, uh, the fast and powerful cross-platform .NET IDE. So there you go. Yeah. But it's kind of, it's kind of a halfway point. It doesn't have all the wizards and blah, blah, blah that Visual Studio does that you don't need all that cruft. Mm. And VS is a bit of a pig in terms of performance. But it's kind of got that speed and agility of code, but very, it seems very tailored to .NET development. And so I've been really enjoying it. It's nice. Interesting. I didn't know anybody that used it, so it's good to hear. Yeah. I actually cool. got the tip from, from a guy I work with who was like, yeah, you should try it out. It's pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, I gave it a nudge. 30-day trial or $140 just for writer, $140 a year, and then 20% off or 40% off going forward. Yeah, I think there is a monthly subscription you can get, which gives you like all of their tools for 30 bucks a month or something like that. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah, so all products pack. This is the best. So monthly billing, 
for individuals, you can get just Rider for $13.90 a month, or you can get the entire products pack for $24.90. Yeah. There's a middle ground. There's .NET. There's .Ultimate instead of everything, and that's $14.90 a month. And that includes Rider and ReSharper for Visual Studio. Yeah. Well, so if yeah. you use Rider, you don't need ReSharper because all the ReSharper oh, tools are built into Rider. But I use, I use, there are other products I use DataGrip as a tool I use for database stuff. Mm-hmm. So it deals with MySQL and Postgres and Microsoft SQL Server and Oracle stuff and all the database sources you'd want to be able to fiddle with and edit. I use, I use that. And then their, their tracing, their .NET tools are really quite good. Like the, the tracing profiling tools they've got. .trace.cover.memory. Yep. .peak is a decompilation tool for .NET, things like that. They, yeah, JetBrains, ReSharp has been the tool of choice, right, in Visual Studio for .NET developers for a long time. But they've actually got quite a nice suite of tools for .NET devs. My goodness, their pricing is really interesting here. We're not sponsored by these guys at all, okay? No. And this is not <laughs> no. like, and I don't use, but so if you want just Writer, you can spend $13.90 a month. But for one more dollar, you also get Dot trace, dot cover, dot memory, resharper, and resharper C. Right. And for an they additional. They just want you on the wagon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, so that's the, the ultimate pack. And then the for an, an, another $10, you get WebStorm, RubyMine, uh, PyCharm, uh, PHP Storm, IntelliJ, IDEA, AppCode, CLion, DataGroup, DataSpell, and Golang. What is Golang? Is that, do they have a Go IDE? Maybe they got a Go one as well, yeah. Huh. This I honestly really, haven't looked at yeah. any of those other tools, right? I've only looked at the ones, really, the ones in in the, sort of the .NET space. But initially, yeah. But I've used I've used uh, DataGrip at my time at Hyperfish because we were we we used Postgres at the time, and um, it was, it's been a great tool. So I, I I really enjoy it. This is interesting. Go full stack. Yeah. Oh, well, whatever. We won't. We won't go there. Interesting. <laughs> Crazy. I could, I'm going down a rabbit hole. Learning some uh, <laughs> some pricing strategy. Yeah, I'm just. Whole. I'm. I'm just. I'm playing around with tools and they're offering it. It's like, well, this is all interesting, but I'm really not using it right now. So it's okay. yeah. Cool. I diverge. I've been doing a little bit of dev stuff, uh, .NET dev stuff on my personal time and fiddling with Graph and these tools. So hope somebody else finds those interesting. Very cool. Right. How about we move right along and jump into some picks. ACs Voitanos delivers on-demand video-based training for developers on the latest SharePoint extensibility model from Microsoft in his course, Mastering the SharePoint Framework. Back to the show. Okay, AC, we're keeping the show short and sweet. What have you got for us this week? I came across this article on a site called restofworld.org, and it's titled, Exposed Documents Reveal How Powerful the Cleanup their digital how how the powerful clean up their digital past using a reputation laundering firm. Wow. So there's this company called let's see if I can say this right, Eliminia, Eliminiela. Basically they're eliminating stuff. And they some leaked documents show that they charge Eliminalia. Eliminalia, there you go. That they charge uh, based on some documents that were leaked from client agreements uh, from 2021. Anywhere around 2800 for removal and de-indexing of a link. Whereas somebody, there's also information here where some more high profile clients and business pay a premium rate of anywhere from 20 to $30,000 for, 
to be able to have this stuff done. So what they're doing with this, what their strategy is, is that they actually go through and they use uh, DMCA takedown requests. They use requests taking content off of Google. They do things of trying to like rip off content next to on like YouTube videos and a whole bunch of other stuff to try and pull Mm. things down. Even done, they've done this in the political and political realm as well. But it really just goes to show you that there is a whole like industry here of, um, of people trying to like, how do I, how do I do complete takedown or eliminate myself on the internet? And not just for like, Hey, I'd like to clean up my reputation on the internet, but somebody be like, I'd like to go clean your reputation on the internet, maybe for nefarious uses or for my, for ah. my own benefit. Oh, interesting. interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. So if you get Santorum bombed, you want to use Illuminalia to go and clean your uh, internet presence up. Right. If you don't like, know what you know, Santorum being Santorum bombed is. I won't get into it on the show, but no, just go go, go, go do your own research on that one. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm sure in, I think the cost right now has actually gone way up for a certain congresswoman from Georgia trying to clean up the cold <laughs> tomato uh, soup. <laughs> Reference that she made earlier this week. I <laughs> Every had to do time it, I laugh. I had to do uh, it. You know, there's, there was like this joke going around for the longest time that you know they how do you, how does the Monday Night Football crew how do they sneak in like a gambling reference? And they would always there would be something in there where they would always try and sneak something in. And it was like the it was the fun thing that people would watch trying to find. And I felt like with what you and I were talking about ahead of time and watching just yep. the cold soup police has yep. been. <laughs> On, on the flame on Twitter that's been going on. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just go, just Google uh, cold tomato soup Twitter and yep. make sure you're not drinking anything when you start reading some of these tweets. Yeah, yeah. The internet gives sometimes, and this is one of them. Yeah, it's a keeper. Yeah. How about you, bud? What you got? I have a very random one. I have a live plane spotting feed from Las Vegas. But what's interesting about this is the camera moves around and it, it basically combines aircraft movement data as it, as aircraft are in the sky from crowdsourced and FT, um, and ATC air traffic control. And it'll move the camera to point at the aircraft when they're coming in to land or take off from Las Vegas. But not only that, is it will point at the aircraft and then it will identify the aircraft and then it overlays a little overlay in the video image with a little box around the aircraft saying where it's going to and from and all that sort of stuff. And so... <laughs> I mean, I don't know what use this is for, but I just found it kind of interesting that as these flights are coming in, you can watch where they're coming in from and stuff. And I was thinking, oh, this would be kind of useful at an airport. Like imagine if you lived close by and you wanted to know when a friend was flying and you could watch their plane fly in and then it would have this overlay and identify, you know, where where it was coming from and going to. Are you watching the feed? I am, yeah. Yeah. So right now, Frontier 2089... Yeah. <laughs> from Salt Lake City to Vegas is coming in and it's at, uh, what, 1,600 feet altitude? Yeah, about five yeah. miles out. Yeah. Interesting, huh? I don't I mean, know. There's one behind <laughs> it too. Yeah, So there, I don't know what, I don't know why I'm watching this. Yeah. This is interesting neither. though. <laughs> me neither. I just came across it and I was like, somebody spent some time to know where the camera is, point it in the right direction, the right elevation, the right zoom level based on aircraft coming into a particular area around the airport and then it's following the aircraft oh my god and then, uh, yeah okay cj Interesting development. Um, number one the name of the channel is happy landings yep and 
they have a live chat of people talking about the planes coming in. Actually, well, they're right now talking mm. about what they're going to have for lunch and it's going between Burger King, Chick-fil-A or just a PB and J. sandwich. A PB&J, yeah. yeah. But I don't, I mean, I, I, that part I don't understand. <laughs> I just thought the tech was, I just thought the tech was interesting. Yeah, it is. It's just, somebody I mean, wrote a, this code to do this. It's a nice resume, right? I mean, you, a nice resume yeah. piece. It's like, hey, we're looking to do this. Like, hey, I'm looking for a job. This is what I did. Anybody I need do, this? I, like, I mean, I admit I have an I have an aerial on the roof of my house that tracks ADSB data from aircraft and pipes it to a few different places on the internet. But um, it's not because I sit there watching what's flying over my house. It's just mm -hmm. an interesting project. Yeah. Interesting tech project to do. Just fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if anybody's interested and you're listening to the show, you can go to Flight Track. Flight. Uh, oh no, Flight Tracking. ChrisJohnson.io, I think it is. No, that's not it. Oops, one more T. Flight tracking. Yeah, there we go. Flighttracking.ChrisJohnson.io. And you can see what aircraft are being picked up by the aerial on my roof of my house. CJ, this is okay. So that it's cool seeing your what your your project that you're doing, but I'm just I'm watching it just pick up a new the one that you just shared a second ago. Yeah. And I'm picking up a new um where it just picked up another plane that's coming yeah. in from Orlando and just watching how it works. It feels very like military-ish. <laughs> yeah. It's using, I'm pretty sure it's using open CV yeah. to do the boxes around the aircraft when it, when it finds them and then probably mm. to track them, you know, and it, and so it points it in the general direction, picks up the plane and then tracks the plane. I'm pretty sure that's using open CV and then directing and aiming the camera to keep up with the plane. Right. So uh, it can track it. That's crazy. Cool. Very cool project. All right. Thanks, AC. Hope you have a good rest of your week. We'll tune in next week with everybody and we will uh, talk to you all then. All right, man. Have a good one. Good to see you again. See ya. Did you like this episode? Please tweet about it and drop a five-star review in your favorite podcast app. It helps people find out about our show and grow our audience and we'd really appreciate it. If you have a question for us, go to microsoftcloudshow.com forward slash questions where you can submit it as text or record it as a wave or mp3 and provide us a link so we can play it on the show. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, Spotify or your podcatcher of choice. And finally, sign up for our mailing list by heading over to microsoftcloudshow.com where you'll get notices of each episode as well as the show notes sent to you directly each week. We'll be back with a new episode next week. Thanks for listening.